0: so yeah it's november who cares we're still doing spooky stuff don't worry here we go more spooky stuff trigger warning be careful we we talk about some slightly uh troubling subjects but um if you're brave enough i feel like it is worth it but no no pressure obviously anyway we're getting into it here we go Spookember. have fun I feel like you're doubting me here, and I need to let you know that I'm serious. I'm always serious, Aubrey.
1: Well, I can only hope. Hey, welcome back. I'm an unbeliever, Aubrey, and... uh...
0: I am, frankly, it's just not ready, Mason.
2: And welcome back to What Are We Talking
1: About? We're continuing our spooky discussions uh, since we didn't get a whole lot of episodes in during October. And we want to continue some spooky discussions.
0: Yeah, uh, sorry for that, by the way. It's been a kind of a hellish month. A lot's been going on. Mm. Mostly positive things, but...
2: But also we're not sorry because we know you want more spooky content. Who doesn't?
0: So we're going to keep going with it. Here we are. Uh, uh,
1: I've got, I, I'd like to start out right out the gate if that's, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, you're trying to already show me all your bullshit, so yeah, we should.
1: Well, it's because you need to see the visual with this one, and we'll, we'll throw some pictures of, of some of the stuff up on the screen that we can get. Um, I'm going to be talking about Haunted Doll TikTok. Um, it's something that's come up on my For You page recently, and I find it incredibly fascinating. Incredibly fascinating. Um, specifically, I was most fascinated by the ongoing story of TikTok user at Solmori, S-O-U-L-M-O-R-I, Mori.
0: I can also link them in the description.
1: Yes. Uh, she has, uh, she also has some playlists on her TikTok if you want to see what I'm talking about. Mostly the My Haunted House story and Haunted Dolls, maybe even Paranormal Experiences. Um, I will... I will start out by saying I have read in some places that Sol Mori has come out saying it is a mixture of fact and fiction, um, and she doesn't want to acknowledge which is which, uh, which makes things a little confusing, but a lot of it seems pretty legit if if you believe in paranormal stuff.
0: Um, well, hey, the shit I'm reading is, pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure, like, directly fake, so that's okay. We're, we're, we're here. By the way, uh, today's going to be more story-based, so I hope you're excited and ready.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, so this story starts out, uh, Sol Mori had posted some videos of, I believe it's not like their childhood home, but like the home they grew up in later in life. And going back to, she went back to her childhood home, the, the home she basically kind of grew up in. And was showing things around the house that were weird, like different, like preserved animal fossil bones, basically weird bottles of liquid, old poison bottles, chandeliers, lots of staircases. It's a a really cool old looking house. But the creepiest thing about it was um, on the third floor, there is a children's, like abandoned children's puppet theater. And it has this little mural of a... Children's puppet theater? Yeah.
0: You just have a room dedicated to that?
1: That seems to be what it was. Uh, Or maybe it's just a playroom, but it seemed to be centered around a a little puppet theater.
0: I think what's worse than having a room dedicated to it is having a room that used to be dedicated to it.
1: Yeah, and now you just call it that. Um, It's the
0: old puppet room.
1: Well, I think there's a reason no one inhabited it, and it was because of the mural. There's a mural of a little, like a, a big sun face with like a smiley... Smiley clown mouth um, and a nose with a nose ring. And it's it's honestly kind of creepy. It's a creepy looking clown. And it says smile at the bottom. And then at the top it says Gilbert. Like it's the son's name. Um, they believe it was painted by whoever previously owned a house. Uh, they've tried to wallpaper over it. And it ends up just coming back. Um, you know, creepy shit like that. And... Um, they still have family that lives in the house and the nieces and nephews of Solmori have been documented talking to Gilbert, the mural. Um they have said that he's not super nice, he's kinda mean. Um they they're videoed singing with him and eventually uh there's they, one of the kids was banging on the floor and they investigated and they found a Ouija board underneath and after more investigating later found like a planchette. And, um, I believe the dolls, I think Gilbert, the Gilbert doll was found under the floorboards and the other one I think may have just appeared. I don't, I don't know. Um. Holy shit, that knuckle crack hit the register so hard, Aubrey. Dang. Um. Wow. Uh, there's one here when, when they, when they found, oh, found yeah. the doll, it said, I was asking my niece about something she knew was underneath the floor, so I started recording, um, and it says Gilbert told me the floor was wobbly,
0: Oh yeah, and they straight up didn't they find stuff underneath the floorboards in the basement?
1: It's in the oh no, it's on the third floor. So it's like in the room with the the puppet theater. That's where oh. they've been finding this stuff. Oh. So it seems like that is where the most spirit or paranormal activity is happening in the house. It's also hard cuz the Saul Mori goes back and forth between Gilbert being good and being bad. Like sometimes he's mean, sometimes he's good, but I mean I find that that's common with most uh paranormal activity. They're fun for sometimes and sometimes they're mean. And you you can never really fully trust them.
0: Yeah, you can't trust them. You can't trust the those ghosts. Uh you know you know what's more fickle than a god? A ghost. I mean think about it. They're full of all the all the the hateful spirits, uh, the the hateful emotions of when they died in a in a fiery passion. Yeah. As someone who I listen to Says sometimes. Dang. Oh, no. Is...
1: So the doll was found by the niece. They didn't find it. The The niece found it and and brought it to her attention Don't when they were ju- starting to mess with the Ouija board.
0: Don't you just love it whenever your children find random dolls? Oh, absolutely. Incredible.
1: Um, later, they finally realized that Gilbert is the spirit of a, of a child that probably lived there, um, which explains mischievous behavior and the children getting along with him so well. I just found it to be really, really fascinating because it's all pretty well documented. But like I've said, uh, we don't know what's real or not. I I have my doubts as well, but I find it fascinating. Um, Later, she finds the doll Gloria, who I believe is Gilbert's sister. And eventually, Solmori decided to openly adopt haunted dolls. Like if people had haunted dolls that they didn't want and didn't want to take care of, because you you know if you own a haunted object they usually do need some care or need to be locked away, uh, i.e. the Annabelle doll, which is real. Yikes! Oh yeah. I mean, well, the the people in The Conjuring, the Warrens, they were also real people. Sadly, they are not as good of people as they are made out to be in the movies, which really bummed me out. But Dang. um, they they were real people that really did have the Annabelle doll and it locked in a case, you know. Um, you know,
0: honestly, I would take any doll that I had on the premises of my house and lock it up somewhere. Those things are freaking creepy. I well, grew up around them. I hate them. I hate all dolls. Dolls need to go. When they need to get out of here.
1: When Solmori started taking in these dolls, uh, she had been keeping them in one room. And this is me recollecting this, so I might not have everything just right. But I believe somebody gifted uh, some clown, little. they are like little clown jester dolls. And those little shits were mischievous. Like they, uh, she started recording when she heard a noise and she goes in the room and like they had knocked a bunch of shit over. Mm. Uh, There was some music playing. It was creepy as hell. And I was like, damn, this is, this is why I wouldn't own haunted dolls. And I'm, I'm, I like spooky stuff, but like, I'm, I'm really not trying to mess with the paranormal personally. You like watching it. You don't like actually putting it in your house. No. Yeah. Like it's. If I've learned anything from watching this stuff it's that you
2: don't you don't fuck with the paranormal.
1: Um but I I'm not to say not to say that Sole Mori is fucking with the paranormal. I think that she's being pretty respectful about it and taking good care of them. It's just something I I couldn't do, I don't think.
0: <laughs> if anything, she's maybe just uh invading her her niece and nephew's privacy a little bit by recording them so much. <laughs> At least, I don't yeah. think they, they, they share faces, though. I don't yeah, think.
1: and I think that she's mostly moved on to uh, new haunted dolls and documenting that kind of stuff and their stories. Um, that's what at least what it looked like to me when I pulled up her page, because I had to go to the uh, collections of videos to find the ones that I had seen previously, which were... Gilbert they they started back in, like, last April is when she started posting all this content. So it's been a while. But I uh, highly recommend checking Soul Mori out. Um, they, they post a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and if you like paranormal, haunted doll, haunted object stuff... Creepy I, energy. Yeah, creepy energy. I highly recommend it.
0: Strong creepy energy in this one, guys. Full stars. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um... Oh, you forgot to mention they found the 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 one thing that you showed me that they, they one of the things they found in the floorboards was an Ouija board that had
2: yeah
1: the Ouija board had the sun Gilbert and then a moon and the moon I believe is supposed to be Gloria um but it was a Ouija board and Soul Mori does have videos where she uses the Ouija board Oh, I'm sure um that reminds me of another spooky TikTok thing that was coming up and it was. Liminal spaces. Oh, I think I've heard of this, yeah. The liminal spaces, from what I've seen, it's a lot of, like, places that look really familiar, but something is off. Like, old 90s malls, but they're abandoned and overgrown, or just, like, empty. Um, So,
0: it's, like, the concept of, like, a building that's in the uncanny valley, kind of like a face.
1: Yeah, it's, like, stuff you would see in your dreams kind of thing. Like, there's one where it literally looks like a Chuck E. Cheese that's all set up for everything, but it's completely empty. Uh, I find a lot of them to be, like, malls or, um, you know, like, the hallways in malls? Like, if you've ever worked in a mall, you know what I'm talking about. Like, the hallways to get to, like, the dumpsters and to oh. get to the back entries of all the stores yeah. for, like, the employees. It's, like, a lot of those. Or like abandoned schools, and like I like going to places and doing um, abandoned exploration and stuff. But this is like another level of creepy the way that some of it comes off. And I mean, it helps that they make the f- the floor move. Ooh! If you wanna go ahead and give me a Google on liminal spaces for the the true definition, because I believe I've seen a lot of videos about it, but it's been been quite a while because this trend was. Oh, hey, there's a
0: a band-slash-album named Liminal Spaces. Meaning. Definition. You don't want the band named Liminal Spaces? No. What is a liminal space? The word liminal comes from the Latin word limen, meaning threshold. Any point or place of entering or beginning. A liminal space is the time between what was and the next. It is a place of transition. A season of waiting, of not knowing. Liminal spaces where all transformation uh is where all transformation takes place. If we learn or wait, uh and let it
1: let it form us. Yeah, I was gonna say let's go to another definition here, because it looks like this is a business um with some kind of life coaching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Screw that. Uh yeah, there we go. Aesthetics wiki.
0: Ooh, I like this website. I like this website a lot, I'm going to bookmark
1: The aesthetic known as liminal space is a location which is a transition between two other locations or states of being. Typically, they are abandoned and often empty, like a mall at 4 a.m. or a school hallway during the summer. For example, this makes it feel frozen and slightly unsettling, but familiar to our minds. And I, I find comfort in liminal spaces, like when like I always liked at school when it was late at night after all of the practices and everything and there was mm-hmm. no one there i found that fascinatingly creepy and odd um i i kind of felt the same way like there's definitely
0: like this ominous i mean it's it's uncanny in a way like it's not a place as you remember it especially with like lights off that aren't usually off you just you really do feel like you're walking through a different space i can remember that after like her rehearsals almost every night in the theater department, like back in high school, we would leave and like walk through that school and the empty hallways it I mean, you get used to it after a while, but just like big empty spaces that are meant to be filled. I don't know like something about them makes me really want to explore maybe in another life, I could have been that dude who uh explored the abandoned malls and shit. I I find I find that series fascinating, but I I never really sat through a lot of them. I don't know. There was a part of me that was just like, I mean, I would like to just do this myself. I don't really want to watch someone else do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree, and I there there is an abandoned school that I went to, sort of around this area, and I've got some good pictures of it. Um, which I suppose I'll I'll send some of those for Liminal Space pictures. Um, because it was really fascinating. There were like parts of the ceiling caving in. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I did oh, not yeah. explore the basement because there was no power. Obviously, this building is like quite literally collapsing and probably not safe for people to enter. But the, I didn't. We didn't go to the end of the basement because it was like super dark and I was scared. Fair.
0: I think that's <laughs> probably where I would have stopped as well.
1: There was a lot of really cool graffiti though too, and I I enjoy overgrown graffitied spaces. I find them fascinating as well
0: okay a liminal space aesthetic also has a significant overlap with those of after hours atmosphere of vacant spaces which are easy to find during nighttime but while after hours aesthetic plays with feelings of peaceful and tranquil mindset liminal spaces have an unsettling appeal
1: yeah so the point of liminal spaces isn't to be that like oh you like this and and it's pretty it's more like a this is familiar to me, and it's unsettlingly so familiar.
0: So if the basis of liminal has to do with a threshold, maybe it's called a liminal space because it feels like it is the threshold to an actual, like, bad place.
1: Yeah. Like, if you stepped into there, you would be in danger or something, maybe.
0: Like, you are on the threshold of stepping into danger.
1: Yeah. But like I've said, uh, it's... Some of us really enjoy liminal spaces and think they're fascinating. Also, um the, the best known example of liminal space is the backrooms, which is um, basically an entry into the pantheon of creepypasta that is described as what you see when you no-clip out of reality. <laughs> um, backrooms has been adopted into a variety of media and has been a popular topic in the realm of video games. Um kind of like there's I feel like there's some backrooms clipping in um cyberpunk a little bit. Uh
0: yeah, but that's not intentional, but that is no. the idea, yes. Yeah.
1: Um but it's the like I said with the backrooms, it's like you've that threshold. I think once you pass the threshold, then you're in the backrooms. I see. I believe backrooms is how I found liminal space because backrooms is significantly more creepy and horror-oriented, in- because um, like we said, it's related to creepypasta in some way.
0: And also, I mean, it's places that you're not supposed to be, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah. thinking about it, that the back room the, reminds The thing about me. it, the back
1: room of a store is not a place you should
0: be unless you work there. Well, yeah, but also, like the one creepy pasta that I still remember to this day is kind of a backroom story and relates to liminal spaces. Oh, wow. It was somebody who was, um, exploring through an abandoned jungle book themed, uh, Disney park that was ne- that never got off the grounds because of like lab- labor problems and issues. And things so it'd be like, like,
1: like the part of the park that's got jungle crews, but the whole park would be that aesthetic. Yeah, pretty much well i could see that being really oh
0: it was supposed to be like a big like hotel place too but it was like super overgrown with vines like the the for the the amazon because i think it was actually supposed to be like in south america or something where they made it so like like jungle forest had started to take back over this like man-made production yeah um but it's specifically the the horror aspect of it was whenever they like found where the costume department was and where all like the suits were for mickey and donald and all of them but like
1: it it, it was just kind
0: of it was just kind of like a cop-out like they they had like ooh like negative skin like the colors were swapped and it was spooky and then it like ate him or something but the, the 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 rollout into it i thought was very interesting and also exactly what you're talking about
1: Well, uh, I was also going to say, have you, are you familiar with one of Banksy's larger art pieces called Dismal Land? I have heard of it, yes. That was, I will say, I, I get it, whatever, Banksy's overrated, but this was pretty cool. Being somebody that I really like Disney World and I have positive memories of going to Disney World and Disneyland and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm a big fan, but also I love horror elements and I love this liminal space and this, this creepiness. Dismaland almost had like an abandoned theme park kind of vibe, but like stuff was, it was like if, if Disneyland was abandoned and rotted and there's like a carriage crash where you can like see, like you can't like see fully Cinderella falling out of it, but like you can tell she kind of did.
0: Oh, oh, ooh. so, okay, so this is like a space that that Banksy created with like,
1: yeah, and it was open for a limited amount of time. There were limited tickets, people could go and experience it in person.
0: I hate the wonky area, the, like the, the statue of Ariel that looks like it's got like a CRT screen scratch on it. That's
1: spooky. Oh, yeah. And then ooh, like boats full of people
0: yeah just like all of the architecture is really unsettled
1: that's the part that there's the carriage crash the carriage is like literally flipped over and cinderella's like hanging out of it and paparazzi is taking photos of it and it's fascinating like i find that to be a fascinating piece about the media and society yeah (laughs) um oh oh, but since then it says uh go back up this one I'm. F- I w- it, did. Was it? Re- when was it repurposed? It was apparently- Banksy's Dismal Land was repurposed for refugees. Apparently, that is spooky. In 2015. Wow, this is a long time ago. It was That's a five week long sold out run, and then afterwards, uh, they surrounded it by a tent city.
0: Huh. Well, I'm glad that it got reused for something good, but God, wouldn't you hate to be the refugee camp that has to stay in Land?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, welcome a- unless to- Unless you
1: a... like liminal spaces. Yeah, right. Well, that was a journey. There, There's a journey on creepy things I've come across while being on TikTok.
0: Oh, God. Oh. Sorry
1: to keep bringing TikTok into the discussion. It's just, you know- are we're we, we're all watching it, okay? Let's not deny it. Are we
0: going to have to post stuff on there now?
1: Uh yeah, I need Keep to get back to posting, but I I just haven't done much.
0: No you haven't. It's okay. Hey, we got the one post out, right? That one was a pretty big one. Uh well, anyway, we're going to go delete the apps from our phone. Our phone, I say. We have a company phone by the way.
1: One company phone. We will delete all of the apps off of it, factory reset it, and then bleach our eyes.
0: Ah. Uh, so
1: be
2: right back. Yep.
0: Enjoy the break. So our normal ad spot uh, couldn't make it this time, whoever has been recording it. So I thought I would read this note that I was given from some anonymous viewer. I'm not sure. It made it to the door. It's very, very greasy. I don't. Anyway. I don't have anything else to read, and this is an ad. So. Support Gobbled Sun Cream for all of your emergency sunlight protection. Kick away all of your daytime troubles with this 75 SPF Gobble Cream Mix. Now supported at your local Cur... Curis... Curisay? Is that a... I don't... I don't think I've heard of that convenient... Never mind. $15 or your back right tooth. Uh, okay, well, thank you. Um, Now back to your regular scheduled programming. Exactly! Wow, I peaked the mic really hard there. Sorry, guys. You know what's really spooky? Ear damage. Oh, I was going to say student debt. Shut up. I don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I guess we can go ahead and jump right into my topic for for lack of time. I have three stories here that I potentially want to read from Monsieur No Sleep, if you have heart of it. There are three here. There's my students submitted the most disturbing living history project I've ever seen.
1: I'm fascinated by that already.
0: All all the women in my family die at age 27. I turn 28 in two hours and 32 minutes. Yikes. And then I answered a spam call.
2: Let's go
1: with the living history assignment because it has living history in quotations. So like, what does that mean?
0: Okay, so uh, disclaimers here. This is directly from uh the no sleep subreddit from Reddit. Um I know I said we weren't going to try to pull from Reddit too awfully much, but uh this just seems like
1: you get uh, what, good spooky stories.
0: Though. I mean, you get I like I asked around and like everybody especially even Fern, which was, which made me realize like okay, this place may actually be kind of reputable. Which I mean, I read some of the stories. Without knowing that they were spooky stories, and uh, they scared the shit out of me, so I am not surprised. Anyway, for this Spooktober, I wanted to bring you some narration. And this story, posted by Gretel Cat four years ago. Oh boy. Like we said, a student who submitted a living history project. One of my least favorite parts about being a middle school history teacher is the bullshit living history assignments we give at the end of every school year. Kids are supposed to sit with their grandparents and videotape, voice record, or transcribe their oldest memories for posterity. And for an easy way to get their GPA up. I have been doing this for 17 years, and when I collected the projects this time... I assumed that they would be as dull, if not duller, than usual. This was not, uh, this had not been a particularly bright class. Wow.
1: Ugh. but, I mean, hey, you're a teacher, you gotta be honest.
0: So, I went home, poured myself a glass of wine, and prepared for a long night of I only owed two pairs. Of, owned two pairs of pants when I was a young...
1: No, it's... I only... It's, Give, just give me the, uh, the, the the read-in, and I'll give you the dialogue. Okay, yeah, 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 sounds
0: good, sounds good. You can do the dialogue. And prepared for a long night of...
1: I only owned two pairs of pants when I was your age. And... My brother got beat with a newspaper for hitting a baseball into a neighbor's yard. And, of course, these
0: projects were peppered with innocent, old-person comments that were that were so horribly sexist and racist, you had to laugh. Or else you would cry. Pretty much. That part wasn't written, but it was implied. Now I had a girl in my class who whom I call whom I will call Olivia
1: for you know uh, secrecy uh, and not doxing your student purposes. Hopefully,
0: she was pudgy, quiet, and proved herself uh, a consistent B student. Right back at you, Olivia. Me too. I expect I expected her project to be as unremarkable as her. Perhaps <laughs> this is a rude teacher. My God. Um, okay, sorry. In, stay in character. Uh, Prove herself. Uh, and perhaps that's why I was so profoundly disturbed by what I witnessed last night. Olivia had submitted two discs for some reason, so I began with the one marked interview. Or sorry, you want to...
1: Oh, okay. D- interview.
0: Thank you. My screen hiccuped twice before a grainy image of a living room came into view. The place was a hoarder's hell. Olivia was curled up in an armchair, clutching a notebook and looking like a scared animal. Across from her sat a man with a somber countenance and smoking a cigarette, staring at her expectantly. Don't like this. A woman's voice whispered from behind the camera. Olivia's owlish eyes flashed towards the screen and then back to the man.
2: Uh, I am here with my great uncle, Stephen.
0: She began almost inaudibly.
2: He is going to tell us about his oldest memories from being in the army.
1: Also, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear about great uncle Stephen's army memories because something tells me they're going to be terrible.
0: Too bad. Great uncle Stephen looked like he... He'd rather be in a goddamn trench at the moment, but he waited patiently for the question to begin. Not surprisingly, Olivia read verbatim from the suggested question sheet that I had handed out to the students. He answered her curtly. Once or twice I heard her mother whisper,
2: Speak up, Olivia.
0: From behind the camera. Typical boring shit. So I was intrigued when Olivia set down the notebook and asked,
2: Did you like being in the army?
0: This was totally off-script. Great Uncle Stephen admitted a chain-smoker's wheeze.
1: Nope. Glad to get out of my town, though.
2: Where did you go? Balkans. Uh-huh,
0: she said. I doubted she knew what, what the Balkans were, and my suspicion was confirmed when she asked,
2: Was Bacchus very different from here?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mom cleared her throat from behind the camera, perhaps encouraging Great Uncle Stephen to be a little bit more forthcoming. But Olivia seemed genuinely interested.
2: Uncle Stephen? She asked. What is your very worst memory from the army?
1: Why would you ask that, Olivia?
0: God, why would you ask that, Olivia? Olivier! Oh, the old man crushed his cigarette in the ashtray and then slowly lifted himself out of his chair. i me back. He mumbled. The camera cut off. When the screen flashed back on, everything was the same except great-uncle Stephen had several pieces of paper and plastic sleeves laid atop all the crap sitting on his coffee table. One he held in his hands.
1: When I was a kid, when I enlisted...
0: He said, looking at Olivia.
1: Your brother's age.
0: He told her. Olivia nodded.
1: I never saw combat. Both of my deployments were to cities in Eastern Europe that had been destroyed by civil wars. Everything was a mess. I felt like a janitor for fuck's sake.
0: Mom coughed. Great Uncle Steven sighed and looked at his paper.
1: My unit was assigned to a school that had been obliterated by all the violence. Broken windows, caved-in rooms, and for some reason, the part that got to me was the most of the school had been like this for years before we got there. No one had lifted a finger to fix it. Saw kids walk by it on their way to go beg for money or whatever shit they did.
0: The camera dipped towards the floor as I heard Mom whisper harshly at Great Uncle Stephen. I couldn't make out what she was saying, but it wasn't hard to imagine. Do
2: you want me to tell the goddamn story or not?
0: I heard him bark in response. Then you better
2: let me tell
1: it how I want.
2: Mom?
0: Olivia chimes.
2: Please stop interrupting. Are you presenting this in front of the class? No, Mom, we're just handing it to the teacher.
1: I'm sure she's heard, uh, I'm sure he's heard the word shit before.
0: Great Uncle Stephen contributed helpfully. I wasn't a he, as a matter of fact, but other than that, the statement was accurate. The camera was lifted, and after a couple of blurry focus adjustments, the shot was the same as before.
1: I'm talking too much anyway.
0: He grumbled. He lifted the piece of paper in his hand, close to his face.
1: In the basement I found this letter. I didn't know what it said, but I had a buddy of mine translate it, so I'm going to read it now, and then I'll tell you what I saw in that basement.
0: A chill ran down my spine. Mom zoomed in at great-uncle Stephen... And his letter. His poised hands trembled as he held up the paper. This is what he read.
1: Dear sir, I never loved my country. So many of these skirmishes are born from patriotism, a power struggle for the shards of a once great empire, but I do not care for what name my home has on a map. This fighting is senseless, and I stay away as far away from it as I can. No, it was not these attacks and disorganized violence that took the lives of my wife and child. It was illness. Mercifully, it happened quickly for the baby. Nadia suffered longer, watched in horror knowing I could do nothing for them. My only solace is that I was there for them every step of the way. I stopped going to work one day, and no one came after me. I doubt they noticed I was gone. Since the school was simply across the field, visible from my window, it would have been easy to go for a few hours each day and come home quickly to take care of them, but what was the point? All I did was clean floors, I was as useless to the world as I was to my family. I tried to take Nadia to the hospital but the journey was long and taxing. I brought her home and she died that night. After Nadia and the baby were gone, well, I don't remember much. I didn't leave my hovel, barely ate, and slept, thought many times of taking my own life. Tempting though it was, I felt paralyzed by my own helplessness. The one thing that kept me sane was my radio. Never turned it off once. Even though I didn't listen to the words being said. In fact, the channel I got clearest was in English, I think. Which I don't speak a lick of, but the voices, the music, and the true knowledge that existed beyond the violent cities sustained me. I have no idea how long passed before I saw the light of day again. I was dizzy from hunger, so finding food was a main priority. My radio came with me, of course. Since I first hold myself up, it has gone everywhere with me. It talks to me as I sleep and as I wake. I don't know what it's saying, but I know I would die without it. Once I had some food and water, it occurred to me the only thing left to do was to go back to work. So I did. The following morning, I returned to the school where I was a janitor and got back to work. Nobody made a big deal out of it. Like I said, Nadia had been sick for a long time, and those who worked at the school knew it. I appreciate that no one pestered me to come back to work during the hardest days of my life. The teachers never said much to me, but we smiled at each other in the halls, and the mutual respect was perhaps the reason I decided to come back at all. The place had gone to dogs without me, so I simply grabbed my broom and rags from my closet and set to cleaning. Everyone is grateful to have me back, I know. And the best part is, nobody minds my radio. Bring it everywhere and keep the volume low enough not to disrupt students. No one's ever complained, and in fact, I suspect they like it schoolhouse is not very big, but it requires a lot of maintenance. The floors are always sticky and stained, so I spend a lot of time mopping. Kids make messes, I guess that's why I'm still in business. Sometimes I have to move things to make sure I get every spot on the floor beautiful and clean, but I take pride in that. And the repairs. The school always needs tune-ups here and there, and I'm happy to help. Some days I'm reconstructing a desk that broke, I whistle along with the radio. Other times I handle more serious structural issues. Days when I have work like this, I feel truly instrumental, like a cog in a much larger machine. How could this school survive without me? It took a long time, but I once again feel I live with purpose. There is a larder behind the school that is full of preserved food. In lieu of payment, I am allowed to take as much food as I need. That arrangement is fine, what would I do with the money anyway? I used to bring the food back to my home just one field away, but then I started sleeping in the basement and no one seemed to notice. The school is special. I can't leave it unguarded. When I am besieged with memories of my wife and baby, I turn up. I turn the volume on the radio to drown up my thoughts. It works every time.
0: Except this morning. Because this morning I woke up to dead silence. I frantically examined the radio to see what had happened. I honestly cannot tell you how many days in a row I have been using it. Did it... Did it simply live out its life and die naturally? I have spent an entire day trying to fix it. Most of this time, I've been crying. I lost my mind without it. I'm losing my mind without it. I had given myself until sundown. If I cannot fix it by then, I'm going to take my life. I am writing this because the sunlight is starting to die and I know what my fate shall be. I have thought about taking one last walk through the halls of my school saying goodbye to the students and teachers. I know I will be missed, but I cannot bring myself to leave this room. I cannot go anywhere knowing that my radio is dead in here. There are no more tears in me. It feels now like I cannot catch my breath. I vomit what little food I had in my stomach and I am growing dizzy again, but like I did after Nadia died. I am not long for this world, but before I take my life, I have closed the door to this room and stuck a chair behind the handle. It is the only room in the basement that has a small casement and lets just enough light for me to see what I am doing. But if anyone is kind enough to come looking for me, they should not be met with this gruesome sight. Perhaps they will see the door is blocked, smell my rotting body, and simply forget I ever existed. But I have placed both my radio and this note outside the door. Kind sir, if you are reading this, I have one humble request. Please fix it. save my radio. It did not deserve to die in its sleep, and I am ashamed that I cannot revive it. Now I am ready to join Nadia and little Ludmia in heaven. I hope this school can find another janitor who loves and cares for it the way I do. The hour is now. Do not forget my radio. Stanislav. When Mom zoomed back, Olivia had tears in her eyes.
2: Thank you for sharing, Uncle Stephen.
0: But Mom said, her voice choked.
2: I think we have enough. Wait!
0: Olivia chirped.
2: He said there's more. What did you find?
0: Before before Great Uncle Stephen could open his mouth, the image disappeared. My jaw dropped. Was that it? What did great-uncle Stephen see? I promptly remembered that there was a second disc. This one was unmarked, but I hope it contained the rest of the interview. There was no video, only audio. The voice that started up was Olivia's.
2: Hi, Mrs. Garrity. I'm sorry about my mom, but she refused to record the rest of what my uncle was saying but I asked him to continue and secretly recorded the story as a voice memo on my phone. I remember you saying earlier this year that history is written by the people who win wars.
0: She sucked in a breath and commenced crying.
2: But everyone's history is important, even if they are sad, pathetic people, and even if they never want a single thing in their life. I haven't slept through the night since I finished this project, but you have to hear what my uncle has to say.
0: There were tears in my eyes, too. The sincerity of her words was beautiful. I was almost flattered that she had remembered some trite phrase I threw around because it was what my history teacher said to me. Before I got sappy over it, the audio began again. Fine. came Mom's frustrated voice.
2: If you want to hear the rest of the story, fine. But this is not appropriate
1: for a school project.
0: Let me finish, Great Uncle Stefan snapped.
1: If it's too much, <clears throat> if it's too much for you, help yourself to a snack in the kitchen. But Olivia wants to know what happened.
0: I heard her mother mumble something and walk away. Olivia and her uncle were alone. I imagine her looking at him expectantly.
2: So, did you find the radio, or did it get ruined when the school got blown up?
0: "'You rasped, and I heard a distinct click of a lighter. "'That letter?' "'You began slowly.
1: had a date on it.' "'What date?'
0: "'She inquired
1: hungrily. "'It was dated two weeks before we started rebuilding the school.'
2: "'Didn't you say the school had been destroyed like two years ago?'
1: "'Yes,'
0: replied Great Uncle Stephen.
2: "'It had been.'
0: "'There was silence as I felt goosebumps on my arms.' The image that came to mind were almost too overwhelming to express, but Great Uncle Stephen put them into words effortlessly. Clearly he had spent his whole life thinking about this.
1: This man, this Stanislav, went to a vandalized, falling apart schoolhouse and cleaned up blood and rubble like it was spilled drinks and dust. He smiled at dead bodies in the hallway and believed they were smiling back at him Because they liked his radio. He moved around corpses so he could sweep the ground under them. The roof had collapsed so when it rained, he must have gotten soaking wet but was so oblivious he didn't feel a thing.
0: I could hear Olivia crying steadily.
1: I found the larder he was talking about. It was all pickled, preserved food that probably tasted like shit. Most of the stuff was moldy.
2: Did... Did you see the dead body?
1: Yes. Hanging from the ceiling, but still amazingly lifelike. It wasn't rotting away. This hadn't happened years ago. Did he look peaceful?
0: She asked, a chord of desperation in her
1: voice. Couldn't tell you. The smell was rank, and his face was blue and his eyes bulging like this.
0: I imagined him demonstrating. And the radio? Olivia wept. I heard great-uncle Stephen take a long drag from his cigarette.
1: It was there, all right. And it was still on. Jesus Christ!
0: I almost want to cut the episode there.
1: I don't have a whole lot to say other than that was a good spooky story. Oh wow,
0: yeah. Um, thank you.
1: Like, at first, I was like, with Stanislav's letter, I was like, where's this going? This is depressing. Like, this is just sad. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, this man was insane. He was driven insane. Yikes. I enjoyed getting to voice act that. That was fun. Yeah, that
0: was, that was a good idea. Uh, let's do that again sometime. Maybe oh, yeah. on the next one, because I'm ready to go cry now.
1: We're going to go think about the radio and try not to cry. So we'll see you next week.
0: On Spoon!